0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: The mission was to split in Milwaukee, and thanks to another special pitching performance, home field advantage now sits in Cobb County. It's
2: the best three series now, and we've got two at home, so... Uh, We like our chances. I'm just excited to hear a a playoff tomahawk
1: chop, honestly. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's going to be a great, great atmosphere. The NLDS is all square at one, and welcome to episode three of the new AJC Braves Report podcast. I'm Jay Black, the podcast manager of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and just returning safe and sound from his trip up to Wisconsin, it's AJC Braves beat reporter Gabe Burns. And, And Gabe, it's amazing, the swings of emotion in the postseason, at least for the fans. You lose game one, you worry you never win again. And then you win the next game, and, and you're wondering how much World Series tickets are going to be. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. It was uh, those first two games kind of played out the way we thought they would. Uh, that's something that I'm writing about today. I, You know, I don't think there were too many surprises. The fact that runs were really hard to come by, you saw some really outstanding pitching performances. Uh, the teams combined to go one for 18 with runners in scoring position, so uh, so a very low-scoring series so far, and uh, you know that's probably going to continue here. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if uh, if the Braves can actually wrap this thing up with consecutive wins at home.
1: Before we dig into what's happened so far and what we expect to take place in Game Three, a reminder that we've got a day game when the Braves return home on Monday, and our AJC Sports team has got special streaming coverage for you during your lunch break on Monday. Gabe will be joined by our columnist Michael Cunningham and host Brandon Adams with all the analysis and inside information before Game 3 of the Division Series. It's the AJC Braves News Now Battle for the A on AJC.com and streaming on Facebook and YouTube. That will start Monday at 11.30. So that's the video. This is the audio of where we stand. Manager Brian Snicker.
0: The resiliency these guys show, you know, they, they, they'll bounce back from the toughest loss and play a really, really good game. They, they've done that for years um, since I've been here, I mean, they, they they can turn the page better than I can, believe me.
1: Gabe, I think Snit kind of summed it up pretty well right there about the proper mindset for playoff success.
2: Yeah, he did, and and he's right. This team has shown time and time again. I mean, they they've avoided long losing skids uh, the last several seasons. They just they're really good at bouncing back. I mean, every team is going to have some tough losses. Uh, obviously, when you're playing 162 plus games, but this team has always been really good about the way that they've bounced back from stuff. So uh, it was not surprising at all to see them kind of come together and get that win in game two. I think going in, um, obviously, Snit said himself that you you want to come away, you want to split. If you you know, obviously, to have a real shot at winning this thing, you go down 2-0. It's, it's an uphill climb. You have to win three consecutive games. So to be able to split there and get that outing from Max Freed and, and shift the series into your favor. And, I mean, you look at this, and, and our columnist, Mark Bradley, he wrote about this on Sunday, but it, it does look like the Braves are the better team through two games. Now, that means little because I thought that they were the better team in the 2019 NLDS when they ended up losing to the Cardinals, and obviously they had a disastrous Game 5 loss, but – if you watch the first two games, it do, it does feel like if – I'll put it this way. If I was a Braves fan, I would be feeling optimistic right now. But we'll see. A lot of things can change quickly, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that the nature of this is you know, one pitch, one inning, one game. Uh, emotions can change quite a bit.
1: Meanwhile, if you're a Brewers fan, you've got to be extremely aggravated and slightly nervous that right now, with the exception of one swing, they've had very few hard-hit balls in the Brewers' locker room.
2: Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of hard hits for them. Uh, Braves pitching has been really good. Uh, So credit is due there too. But yeah, I mean, Milwaukee's offense, which we knew the Braves had a significantly uh, more potent offense coming into this thing. Milwaukee's offense is not scaring anybody right now. I mean, Yelich uh, Yelich had a hit yesterday, but he's not the same guy that he was, that he was even a couple of years ago. I mean, this is kind of too, you know, below his standard seasons for him now, back to back. And you just look up and down this offense and yeah, these guys, I mean, look, they won 95 games. Okay. So they're a team that they're a team that's going to bounce back to They're, they're going to put together good at bats and, and this thing's going to be tight. But certainly if you're the Braves, you have to be really happy with what you've been able to do to them uh, with your pitching so far, because I mean, look, Milwaukee had two on in each of the final three innings in Saturday's game and they still couldn't score. So I mean that's a obviously that's something that the Brewers and their fans are gonna be concerned about, but from the Brace perspective that that's something they should be pretty happy about, the way that guys like Tyler Matzik and Will Smith pitched in traffic.
0: And
1: the starting pitching has been gone toe-to-toe for the Braves against the Brewers, which was what they thought could win this series and this true strength of their team. Charlie Morton was great in game one, Max Freit even better in game two. And He's fun to
0: watch when he's got to go, I mean, because he pitches. I mean, he's got the arsenal, the assortment, spins the ball so well. You know, it's a great outing.
1: The best starter in the second half, best starter going down the stretch.
2: The guy's been absolutely dominant in games that we need to win.
1: That's Tyler Matzik at the end there. And Gabe, the numbers don't lie. Freed had a one thirty-six ERA in August, one forty-five in September, and now nothing in October. What did you see from him in game two that was just so dominating?
2: Yeah, I mean he just he had good command of, of really every pitch. He was on the attack, just a lot of he was he it felt like he was ahead in every count. Uh he he had three three ball counts, none of which translated into a base runner. Uh, he just a, he tied his postseason career high with nine strikeouts. I mean, he was just really, just really in control, really aggressive. Uh, you can just with, with him. It's it's when you watch him, you can see it in his eyes, and he's just a guy that you can really see that when he's clicking, it's just uh, he's just really, really hard to hit. That's the, the breaking ball, just the whole package with him. It's just really impressive, and you know he broke out last year and he continued it this year. You know he had that slow start that nobody even remembers now. Exactly. Uh, and you know everyone's been reading off the stats: best ERA in the second half, best this, best that. I mean he's he's certainly become a become a real frontline starter for this team. And uh, Burns and Woodruff are really good. Burns might be the NL Cy Young winner, but the Braves felt. Going in, that they had two guys who could match him, and that's exactly what happened. And the two te- and the teams ended up playing to a stalemate uh, in the first two games.
1: Freed explained in his post game press conference that he's taken a little bit of a different approach since his last loss in July.
2: I, I would say before, like you said, like I would try to miss bats, I would try to be too fine, and now it's I'm trying to you know attack in the zone and. Um, get weak contact. So if, that, if I can get a you know get a weak contact and get a ground ball for me, that's a win. And if, a stri- if I get a strikeout, then it's kind of just icing on the cake.
1: Is this kind of that process now of a guy that I mean, I mean, Freed's not a young guy anymore. He kind of feels like it, but he's a little he's a little older than, than than the experience that he has on the mound. Is this that development now between good to great?
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. He's he's just figured things out. You know, it was a. It was a slow and, and kind of a frustrating start for him earlier in his career with the blister issues and everything. But, I mean, we're so far past that now. He just keeps getting better. And this, I mean, this is the prime of his career. Um, he's 27 years old. He's emerged into everything that you could you could want a pitcher to be. You know, San Diego drafted him, but, I mean, he was a first-round pick. And, th- and this is just everything that you expect when you're – and that you hope for when you take a pitcher in the first round, and you know the Braves get him and they've developed him, and he spent some time in the bullpen. He was he was in the bullpen for that uh, series against the Cardinals, and then last year was really his first experience as just a primary starter um, in the postseason, and that did him well. And his first uh, his first start this postseason was was just
1: outstanding. Does Justin Upton get any residuals? From this success,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the Braves made a lot of trades. That was certainly one of the best ones that they swung during that time. I mean, it, again, it 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 took a little while for Freed to kind of get going, and and he dealt he dealt with the blisters, and you weren't sure um, where this was going to go. But man, when, when it really clicked for him, he he's been everything they could have asked
1: for. Now, one of the things we want to do with the AJC Braves Report podcast is. It is more longer, unedited sound that you may not get anywhere else that, that we have access to from the players and the managers about what they're saying before and after the games. And obviously, one of the big talking points from game two is Freed coming out in the sixth inning, four pinch hitter, only 81 pitches. Here's Brian Snicker explaining his decision.
0: The biggest thing about that was it's like. Charlie last night after six, and Max after six. He, he bled it out there in the sixth day. He went through the meat of their their lineup there and expended what I felt was a lot of energy right there in a, you know, in a real big moment in playoff baseball. Charlie's been through this a hundred times. You know, Max is just cutting his teeth with all this, and and I, I I didn't take him out because I was thinking about anything other than winning today's game, and I just thought that after Max went through that inning, that he probably mentally more than anything was ready to, and I, and, you know, and I like the fact that I got Jock a right-handed bat.
1: I I kind of planted my flag on on my philosophy on on your best pitchers going as long as they possibly can in the postseason. But Gabe, I I can respect that decision. I wouldn't have done it, but it did get Jock another pinch hit, which which he got another single. It worked out, and the bullpen held up. Would would you have kept Max out there longer?
2: Yeah, you know, it ended up working out. Uh, I would have left them out there uh, myself, but I I don't manage the Braves. And the reality is when it works, people don't question it as much. You know, had had he come out and the bullpen had melted down, then that would be a much bigger talking point. But he was at 81 pitches. Uh, Snit didn't want to push him. Uh, Freed very well might be called upon in game five. If it comes to that So I mean And Snit said That wasn't part of his process But Things work Things do- It's like going forward On fourth down Right yep. uh, I mean it's just You can second guess Things that don't work And certainly I, I don't necessarily Agree with the process uh, But the result worked out
1: The bullpen Did hold up Despite a slew Of base runners In the seventh Eighth And ninth But it is another Clutch performance By Tyler Matzik He's a
0: great story Where he's come from And We go into spring training 2.0 last year I remember I asked Alex it's like what about that left-hander that came in and struck everybody out in spring training he was a fence jumper we were just getting I was just getting ready to It's like can we just put him in our clubhouse we're, we're going to use him and and you know then we brought him to 2.0 and he made our club and had an unbelievable year
1: yeah Ma's gone in less than two seasons from a triple-a roster filler guy to maybe the Braves' most dependable reliever
0: yeah,
2: no, he's, he's been, he's been just outstanding for them now for two seasons. Uh, what a find, uh, just what a find by the organization, you know, uh, obviously, you know, several people went into it um, to find him and believe in him and invest in him. But um, he has just been a remarkable story. What he did in Saturdays when he pitched out of two jams in back-to-back innings, um, you just can't get any better. And I mean, there was a, there was a, Part of this summer that there was not a reliever that was better than him. Um, he's been one of the top relievers in the majors now for two seasons, and, and good for him. He's a huge part of uh, of what the Braves are trying to do, and if they are going to surprise people and go on a real run here, um, you know he's he's a pivotal piece of that.
1: All right, so it's a day off on Sunday. Everybody's back in Atlanta now, and Ozzy Albies knows how he's going to spend his time. Yeah, because I hit the ball and it hit the top of the fence, so have got did, workouts tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's out there. I might work out from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. That one has to go out. Ozzy came up uh, just short of a home run. Austin Riley did get his, and 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 Gabe mentioned it at the uh, at the top of the podcast There's been very few surprises in the first two games, including from the Braves lineup. Not a lot of production, but those that you expect to produce have been there.
2: Yeah, I mean, the first game they score one run, and it was Jocks' homer. The second game, they kind of looked more like themselves. You know, Solaire gets it started with a double. Freddie brings him home. Uh, Ozzy just missed a homer. Austin Riley does homer. So, I mean, you started to see them. They looked more like themselves against Woodruff. Burns, you know, if that first inning of the series goes differently, you know, maybe we're, we're talking about we're, – we're just viewing this in a different light. But, uh, again, this offense is – they're going to have to come up with key hits. And, and Freddie's hit with – Solaire on second was the only hit of the series with runners in scoring position. Now, while runs will be hard to come by, I can't imagine both teams will stay this poor in those situations. So in a tight postseason series, to state the obvious, it's going to come down to who can come up with those timely hits.
1: Now, a quick reminder that your subscription to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution funds our journalism, and we cannot do it without that. So we thank you very much. And if you're not a subscriber, go to AJC.com slash BattleATL and sign up today. You'll get the most complete Braves coverage in Atlanta during the postseason. And on top of that, you'll get a Hank Aaron tribute book. Unlimited digital access to AJC.com and the e-paper starts at just a dollar a week. Get this special offer at AJC.com slash BattleATL. Now on to Game 3, and it'll be the first postseason game in Atlanta since ten to nothing in the first in 2019, we were both there, and, and that day started with a whole surreal mood, with the whole tomahawk thing. As Matt, as Matzik mentioned, he wants to hear the chant, see all those foam tomahawks. It can be truly intimidating. I don't, I don't necessarily like to go back to this thing, but I know it's going to be a talking point. Will the chop and the chant be in full force on Monday, or do you know if it'll be more subdued, like it's been during the season?
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to see. I know that. You know, fans are going to do it organically, and the fans have done a really—they've been really cool with the way they've kind of done it themselves. Which is the
1: which season. is the best? Which is the best chant when it's not um, orchestrated?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll certainly we'll certainly hear plenty of it one way or another.
1: Now on the field in Monday's pitching matchup, to me, Gabe is the X factor here for the Braves. You felt good about Morton. You felt good about Freed. They delivered, but unless you got two Hall of Famers in your rotation, it's hard to win a series with just two starters. We know how great Ian Anderson was last year in the playoffs as a debutant. He's been he's been fine this year. How do you feel though? Where's he at after that kind of midseason stall with his injury?
2: Yeah, he's he's looked better and better. I think he, he's gotten he's certainly closer to where he wants to be, and there's there's not really going to be much uh, much fear with him. He showed that he can handle the postseason stage. I mean, he started a game seven last year, and we're talking about in his 15-month career or thereabouts. He started a game seven. He started the Braves' division clinching uh, victory a few weeks ago, and now he's going to be on his second postseason run with the team. So, I mean, this is a rare situation where a young player has this much meaningful experience – uh, this early in his career, and he's really met or exceeded every reasonable expectation so far. Now, the caveat will be he will be doing it with fans, with noise, which is going to be different. I mean, there were some fans in Texas last year, and most of them were Dodgers fans, but it was not really the same experience. So, you know, does that throw kind of a wrench into things? I, I don't know. We'll have to see. It you know, Matt Zek mentioned it was, you know, who he had a little more he was a little more anxious in Saturday's game with the fans and everything, but it's gonna be Ian's home fans. So yeah, I mean they should be they should be really happy with where Ian is, and I know that they have a lot of confidence in him that he can put them up in this
1: series. Craig Council's kinda of played it close to the vest for his starter. We think it's gonna be Freddie Peralta. That that would seem to be the obvious decision, but uh, we, we don't know yet as we record this, do we?
2: No, we, we're, we're not sure yet who uh, who they're going to roll out
1: there. All right, so we'll be back for Game 3 here on the AJC Braves Report podcast, and it's part of our wall-to-wall coverage during the postseason, which includes the AJC e-paper. We give you more than just the score with insights and analysis on the Atlanta Braves in our expanded after-the-game pages in your e-paper, which Gabe has a significant portion of the contribution to, and uh, you can only get that if you subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So, Gabe, final thoughts uh, from what you've seen from the first two games and uh, where you think we're going headed forward?
2: I think Braves fans should feel pretty good, honestly. Um, I think Brewers fans should be concerned. and But if Milwaukee ends up taking game three, uh, certainly that, that story changes. But right now, I think that the Braves fans should feel pretty good, their team. You know, I picked the Braves in four. I actually expected them to lose game one in that situation. So um,
1: You're feeling pretty good.
2: I guess so, Uh, but we'll see. I mean, again, things can change really quickly, but I I would say that Braves fans should be feeling optimistic uh, with what they've seen so far. All
1: right, thank you, Gabe. Great coverage of Milwaukee, and uh, we'll see everybody after game three.
2: When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute.